0: The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up this weekend in Memphis, Tennessee. On February 25th and 26th, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard Legacy and Draft Opens and compete for the glory, the cash, and all the benefits of moving up in the ranks of the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Memphis, and we'll see you there. Welcome to episode ninety-seven of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. I'm Bighead Joe, and uh, we're here to talk more about some magic. Yarp. Yeah. So we we missed last week. I had, uh, you know, I, I did the commentary in Cincinnati. So uh, of course, usually we have a week off after that because it's it's a little bit draining to talk about magic for an entire weekend and then come home and uh, immediately try to record a podcast for the week. But, uh, wow, what a ridiculously crazy weekend. We had the Star City Games in Cincinnati, obviously, which was interesting in and of itself. But at the same time, we had Pro Tour Dark Ascension over in Honolulu, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we, Wolf Run ended up taking home the trophy with, uh, with piloting Brian Kibler to the win. <laughs> what what's funny i don't know <laughs>
1: Wolfrun was piloting him
0: <laughs> yeah Wolfrun piloted brian kibler uh but no brian kibler wins his second pro tour um and uh that i you know very very deserving uh he had to go through john finkel in the finals i uh, not in the finals in the semifinals uh to get to the finals where he had to face paulo Vitor dama de rosa <laughs> so uh pretty hefty top eight uh over there in honolulu and uh we saw kind of the evolution of standard, and it's continued kind of to evolve since then. We had uh, we had SCG Charlotte this, just this past weekend, and uh, kind of people applying their knowledge uh, or or the information from Honolulu to the uh, the standard metagame, and and I think I think it looks like Dark Ascension really has uh, has kind of freshened things up quite a bit. For now. For now, yeah. I mean it's still early, but I'm I, saying – we had that kind of stale thing going on before Dark Ascension where it looked, looked like, uh-oh, is it getting – is this, is this going to be bad? And then Dark Ascension came along and there's a lot of cool decks. God, What, what were you going to say?
1: I'm just saying that like um, I think that if anyone has the right idea right now, it's – I mean as much as I'd like to say it's Mitchell Anderson <laughs> with Mono Red, <laughs> right. um, I really think it's Todd Anderson the different Anderson. Yeah. Um, because I mean like some sort of Esper tokens, Esper with spirits is going to be some, is going to be like the deck to beat is what I've been like. I don't know if I've said that on the podcast or not, but it's definitely what I've been thinking is that it's going to be white based aggro, but specifically Esper because of, um,
0: lingering souls,
1: lingering souls, um, plus, um, Moreland haunt and the, uh, the uh, drogskull captain
0: right yeah i mean you definitely implied it a little bit on the podcast i'm pretty sure at least i remember talking to you about it so like on the phone so i feel like it was on the podcast it could have been before or after or something but uh sure sure
1: i I think i mean i really think that this is the deck to beat
0: the deck that people are comparing it to really is uh is fairies which is uh Some people may say that's that's scary, and other people like me will say, "I want to play that deck now." Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I was already starting to get a little more. I hadn't played with Delver myself, but I I was starting to kind of get more and more attracted to it. The more it started to morph into an aggro control. I guess I just it wasn't too impressed with Illusions um, until until it won the Invitational, uh, and you know, in the finals. It was There were two Illusions decks facing off. I kind of saw... It, it kind of impressed me a bit there, and I started kind of thinking about it, but I still hadn't committed. But at this point, I think, uh, you know, I, I really I agree with you. I think Delver is the deck to beat, but the cool thing is right now is that this is kind of this is kind of the way you really want it to be. You want there to be like one or two decks to beat, which I guess you could say are Wolf Run and delver uh Esper delver, and it's funny to keep calling it Esper. We said this last episode too where it's it's really only splashing black to flashback lingering souls uh but yeah <clears throat> you you could also call it spirits, which is probably more accurate at this point, but since it has delver in it, it people including myself are going to continue to accidentally or. Or intentionally call it Delver. Um, right. But, but yeah, like so you've got these two kind of decks to beat, but they're not oppressive really at all. There's all these kind of rogue strategies that can that can win. I mean, for instance, you already mentioned Mono Red won this past weekend. And yep. that's three out of the last four open series mono red has won. Now, I mean we can say red is the strongest color in standard right now, right? I mean Can we? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I I sort of am joking, but no other color can compete without the aid of another color, with the exception of mono green, which is probably the second best color in standard. Then, right? So, red and yeah, green are the a, best colors in standard.
1: It's a pretty decent point.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm sort of joking, but it's funny to me to think because by that criteria, playing without the aid of another color, you've probably got red, green, and then black in that order, because that's the you know mono black is actually starting to to you know get its legs you know under it and and starting to show up. So it's kind of funny to think that green is maybe the second best color in standard by that criteria. You know? Yeah. I don't know that that's the criteria to judge things on though. <laughs> so
1: No, I so. still think it's white. I still think that white is by far the strongest color in standard. Um just
0: Is it just because of lingering souls?
1: Well, I mean it has a lot to do with it. It is white regardless of whether you spend black man at a flashback or white
0: man at a cast. <laughs> right. It. It's funny somebody somebody <laughs> tweeted that I can't remember who who said this? I don't know if it was like uh, I either want to say it was Sam Black or or Jerry. I just I, I just can't remember. But they said they start their deck with four lingering souls and build from there. Like, yeah, like every, like that's how they're building. No, the
1: card is stupid. Like it's, it's so good. What's
0: well, the bitter blossom of, yeah. of the deck? And it's you know kind of like bitter blossom that doesn't cost you life and uh, gets you a lot of the guys more immediately or pretty much when you want them. Uh, you know, it's 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 really, really strong. So anyway, yeah, uh, very very diverse looking metagame right now. So for example
1: Um Ali Eldrazi yeah, that's Um one. playing a deck I, I, the the name caught my eye right away, Heartless Rights. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Okay, what is this? So um I'll just read this list real quick. One Frexian Metamorph, three solemn simulacrum. Two Massacre Worm, two Phantasmal Image, two Rune-Scarred Demon, four Heartless Summoning, two Desperate Ravings, one Forbidden Alchemy, three Elish Norns, one Blasphemous Act, Mm -hmm. which I've been thinking about lately, Uh, three Day of Judgment, four Faithless Looting, four Unburial Rites, two Whip Flare, and a ridiculous mana base. So what is this? It's,
0: it's, uh, you know, it's like four color. Exactly. It's four color reanimate, reanimator ramp kind of, I mean, he's got, I mean, you don't, I guess you could call it ramp. It's weird to call it ramp. There's no actual ramp spells in it, but unless you count heartless summoning, which isn't really a ramp spell, but that's where I, that's what I was thinking when I said ramp, uh,
1: this mana base is so weird, right?
0: Like one Island, two mountains, two, two plains, three swamps. Uh,
1: one black cleave cliffs, one cliff top retreat, one dark slick shores, one dragon skull summit, two drowned Catacomb, four evolving wilds, one glacial fortress, one isolated chapel, two shimmering grotto, and four sulfur falls. What?
0: Yeah, his only four ofs are sulfur falls <laughs> and evolving wilds. Yeah, that's uh, that's a mana base, and he uh, he came in eleventh place. Um, and looking at the deck, you know it. It seems like it's like what is its early game? What are you doing turn one? You know, you can uh you can cast Faithless Looting.
1: Like Which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. fine so turn one for a deck like this.
0: Or play a, a land that comes into play tapped. That's a reasonable turn one play if you're not you know, you're not playing any spells. Realistic. Turn two, you've got Phantasmal Image, you've got Heartless Summoning. Uh, which seems like a, probably the what you actually want to be casting on turn two.
1: Right. I, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I've just been hanging out with Wes too much, but I don't see how any deck could run Heartless Summoning and not run the um, Mere Superions, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, well, I th- – I, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Ali actually had an entire other direction to go in as well, though, with this. So, you know, we're talking about Heartless Summoning, but – He's got four unburial rights in here, and as I mentioned, right. you know the faithless looting. So he's got kind of two strategies where he's either dropping these guys onto the board because of heartless summoning, or dropping them into the graveyard and getting them back with unburial rights. Either way, he's probably got an early Elish Norn or runescar demon or massacre worm. You know, and I say early, it could be you know several turns early you know massacre right. worm costs 7 Elish Norn costs 7 you know he can have him out on turn 4 uh you know that it's seems like a really fun deck to play and of course ali is uh is a master at these kind of rogue strategies now the funny thing is i, I tend to you tend to not see many other people being very successful with these kind of lists um which is fine with me cuz it's like ali's trademark you know, he's like, this is my list and I'm the only one that can do well with it.
1: Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. There's a forest in his sideboard.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> thing that He's packing that. Right. Because now it's five colors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What is the forest for? Is for it
1: flashing I mean? back ancient grudge.
0: Yeah. That's what I think. Or ray of revelation. Or that. Yeah. So, okay. So there's that crazy deck. Um, but moving right back up the list. Second place, Black yes. Blue Zombies. Now, I, I texted you last week uh, when I was in Cincinnati and told you there was a Zombies list. There were two Zombies lists that were 4-0 and going into Round 5, and we featured one in Round 5, and it happened to lose. But Game 1, it completely rolled its opponent. I, I can't remember who he played against uh, or what you know what the deck was. I want to say it was... I think it was mono green. Actually, I'm, I'm positive it was. It was mono green versus mono black zombies, and zombies just curves out perfectly. Like turn one, grave crawler. Uh, I, I forget what what turn two was, but you know he he gets Liliana right after his opponent plays Dungrove Elder. <laughs> like Liliana, sack your Dungrove Elder. Uh, it was just it looked like zombies was an extremely powerful deck. And then uh, and then game two and three, he I, I feel like he drew very very poorly. Like I think game. Two, he was flooded. In game three, he was screwed, you know, mana screwed. So it was like, uh, I don't know if that's an indication of how, I don't know if that's a good indicator of how the deck, uh, how well the the deck can actually do. So it lost the match uh, after winning game one. And I don't know what happened to the other guy. I think he came, he may have top 16. I don't don't have those lists in front of me. But uh, clearly, Zombies is is a deck that people want to make work and Philip Fortner found a way to take it all the way to uh second place in Shaw. Yeah, I
1: don't I don't like this list very much, but I, I, I can see like I mean I can see like what it does and why it would be good. Like it's only running twenty lands. Yeah. Twenty lands with like a eight, twelve things that cost three mana. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> like I could not do this.
0: Yeah, no, um, that's a good point. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he only needs to hit the third land pretty much. All his uh, all his lands produce black. Right. And uh, eight of them produce blue as well.
1: Here's um, – so real quick, I want to uh, – because we did these a while ago, I actually have the zombie list that I had put together.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that anyway, so.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> we um, – like one an exercise me and Joey did that we never actually shared on this podcast was we put together like just lists – just like a couple lists. Yeah, I think just some I'm,
0: ideas for, for standard. For
1: standard, um, like right around the time of the pre-release, right? Mm-hmm. Right around the time the full spoiler was out. Right. So here's the zombie list I put together. Just kind of, you know, no testing, not even on like Cockatrice or anything. Like
0: it's just a first draft kind
1: just of just a first draft kind of thing. Um, so this is the list I did. Four Cemetery Reaper, two Unbreathing Horde, four Deragraph Ghoul, four black cat, four grave crawler, four deragh cat diagraph is it diagraph
0: i've been saying diagraph
1: i think it's diagraph i just keep diagraph uh, it's, it's a terrible <laughs> word Four uh diagraph captain one skin render three go for the throat three giralf's messenger three despise four tragic slip and 24 lands um just uh i th- I, I think that's interesting because it has the disruption with the black cats Mm -hmm. and the despises uh go for the throat yeah and i think that's decent i don't know i don't i'm not a huge fan of this list here that this guy has but um
0: i mean what is uh, what specific cards besides the mana base or the the lack of lands in your opinion what else are you looking at that you're seeing
1: nothing much really just mostly the land base (laughs) but like i don't know um it doesn't have I mean like why is Fume Spitter in there?
0: Because here because Skursdag High Priest. There there's the potential there for a basically a a turn a one drop, a Skursdag High Priest on two, and then either a Fume Spitter, a mortar pod, and pretty much any other one drop to get you a turn three, five, five, black demon. Yeah. Uh which now here's the thing. I and I'm I'm just gonna say this right now, I am apparently underestimating Skurzdag high priest because I'm not impressed and I even read Chapin's article where he kind of talked a little bit about how good high priest is and not even Chapin could convince me so that, I don't know i I feel like that's a lot of work for a five five like it's not flying you know five five black demon creature token with flying and hex proof you know i'm gonna I'm gonna Basically, have to get three creatures on board, including one high priest. I need something to die, which is is the reason for the fume spitter and the mortar pod. So that makes it a little bit easier. But I need something to die, uh, and right. I need to tap all these guys too. So I like skip an attack, attack phase. Uh, you know, I skip one of my combat steps, uh, and I get a five five flyer. Now, okay, cool five five flyer. That's that's.
1: But how, that's how do great. you? Uh, well, what if? Um... Wait, what? this doesn't make any damn sense, so a creature <laughs> needs to a creature needs to die
0: right so so that's why if you sacrifice your fume spitter, you need something else to what pass.
1: are you tapping to the high priest
0: right, you need something else that's what i'm saying, so you,
1: that seems like way too much work and okay so the you know what I think that's the reason why i didn't like this list because of this like <laughs> I'm like, okay, you've got a human cleric in your zombie deck like. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he works well with them, but I don't know. It just seems like way too much work where you could be playing like – I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean obviously this guy finished in second place and I did not attend, so like <laughs> who am I to judge? You know what I mean? Like good work here, you know, but yeah, like but he's
0: not the only one using the high priest. Like a lot of people are, are talking about this. I mean it was it was in the lists last week at uh Cincinnati and I said it, you know, when it was on board, I said, I'm not very impressed with that. I feel like I'd want something else. And uh and it didn't I don't even know that it it ever made a, a five five in the match that I watched. And, you know, it seems to me like a really weak, you know, 2-drop. It's a 1-2 that maybe makes a 5-5 five, five if you really work for it. I, I don't know. I, I'm just not impressed. But apparently it's very good, and I must be underestimating it. Maybe if I play with it, it's something else. But this seems typically... Now, now the one, thing, uh, one thing that is really good about the High Priest is that it's not like you sacrifice those creatures. It's not like you could only do it once. Uh, you've got... The high priest there and the other two guys and if you're uh you know if you make the one demon and they don't deal with it or the high priest your chances are you're making another demon the next turn so you know pretty much it's kind of an unlimited amount of five fives until they deal with it so right that, I mean that's probably what really is so good about it
1: yeah it, no it doesn't I, just I mean, make one. Yeah, well, the other good thing is that there's absolutely no creature removal in this format, so that's going to happen a whole lot.
0: There's no creature removal, huh?
1: Absolutely none. Yeah. So having four creatures on board is a totally realistic option for making demons. I can't even do
0: yeah. this. <laughs> Your sarcasm is dripping. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: I mean, like, look. I I love zombies. You, you know me. Like, I love zombie decks, but I just don't see the high priest. Let me see this mono black aggro list in fifteenth here, real quick. Um,
0: uh, wh- while you start to look at that, uh, pretty much after the zombie zombies list, we've got wolf run and esper and and uh, humans and some more esper uh, esper spirits, as they're calling it here, instead of esper delver. Um, so, you know, the the top eight besides the zombies list was roughly, you know, the decks to beat. Nothing super exciting. We did talk about the Heartless Rights deck. Now uh Mono Green done good in a couple weeks in a row, as we as we said uh you know, last week, mono green actually seems like it's a playable deck. Yeah. Uh, and then uh fifteenth and sixteenth place is where things get interesting. So you're looking at fifteenth place, Jared Blackwell playing mono black aggro. What do you got?
1: Uh, let's see here. Two Lash Rive, two Mortarpod, two Ratch Bomb, two Metamorph for uh Graph Ghoul, for Jerolf's Messenger. I can't wait till this set rotates. Not because I <laughs> they, I hate saying the names of these cards.
0: I mean, uh, zombies zombies really have trouble kind of pronouncing words, I guess it this is, is the best they, they could do.
1: It's like, what are we going to name this guy? Like we we have na- we have claimed a town. What should we call it? Yes, pretty or much for, as a and this is our leader like.
0: <laughs> it does it sounds like one of them like kind of moaned and coughed and that's that's how they got the names
1: like there's gonna be a card called murder murder murder
0: or whatever it was you texted to me this morning <laughs> when, I, when i asked if you were ready to record
1: yeah because my phone hasn't been sending texts it's so stupid but yeah no i was just like
0: it was a you- j- g- 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 This is what it was, yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe that's what I'll name the episode, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, uh so go, go ahead.
1: yes. Four Grave Crawler, four Phyrexian obliterator, three Geth's verdict, three tragic slip, two Liliana of the veil, vale, which is starting to look like the preferred uh removal package these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, like for black, uh, four distress, which is neat and 24 <laughs> swamps. So yeah. it's a little, if it doesn't feel as aggro as some of the other aggro decks, but, Yeah,
0: it actually hinge, leans a little more control. I agree. Uh,
1: but you know, uh, we don't name like if, 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 if they were still naming the decks off of people's deck list registrations, we wouldn't have to worry about this, but just naming them generic names. I hate it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Mono Black Aggro. He probably called it something real cool, and then it just gets a archetype name slapped on it.
0: Kirkman's Revenge. That was the name of the uh, second place deck, I think. Um. <laughs> I hope so.
1: Um, and then you want to talk about the Faithless Reanimator deck?
0: Yes. So this deck, Faithless Re- Reanimator, came in 16th place. Justin Cavanaugh. Uh, this is pretty much, or it's very, very similar to Raphael. Uh, Levy's list from the Pro Tour, which was, it's essentially, I mean, the name kind of gives you the uh, gives you the idea. It's Faithless Looting Reanimator. So he's got four Unburial Rites, four Faithless Looting, and then, you know, some fatties to drop into the graveyard. He's got two Wormcoil Engine, two Inferno Titan, and four Elish Narn. And And uh, basically just wins on the back of those. Uh, I mean, as far as interactive spells... He really doesn't have anything. He's got, you know, he he's got some stuff to help him dig and help him put stuff into the yard. So, just to uh, elaborate a little bit, he's got a couple ramp uh, ramp creatures. He's got Avacyn's Pilgrim, Birds of Paradise, four of each of those, one Llanowar Elves. So he's he's got a little bit of a ramp package, and then uh, four lingering souls. And other than that, it's spells that dig, mulch, faithless looting, trackers instinct, uh, trackers instincts. Um, and then unburial rites to get the guys out of the yard, and that's it. It's like actually a very simple, straightforward kind of thing: ramp spells, dig spells, and then um, lingering souls and bombs and reanimation spells. You know, the typical reanimator package. So, uh, I, and I, it seems like a lot of fun. Like I, I kind of uh, expect to see this deck maybe more and more often. He's got two jinga in the board, two thrun in the board, uh an additional mass or a- a- one massacre worm and an additional two worm coil engines in the board so he can uh he can really kind of pile in on the fatties. Uh really really cool list and that's again Raphael Levy played this at the pro tour or played something very similar to li- to this list and uh and I I think it's a cool cool new deck.
1: Yeah, it looks neat. It's it's definitely a, a way different take on this than I've ever seen.
0: So. Right. It's like when you think of reanimator, you really don't think of more than two colors. It's, you know, in my head, it's like black and what, <laughs> you know. And you know, we had um, we had solar flare back a few months ago, and that was it was Esper. But mainly, it was it was black, white because of unburial rites, and then it was blue. So okay, it was, it's basically re- typical kind of reanimator. It needed the white for uh, for sun titan and and flashing back on burial rites. But this just you know really kind of goes uh, it just goes way further into splashing other colors. Like there's no blue, but every other color is represented, and half the deck green, which is uh, kind of crazy for a reanimator list. So. Uh so that's just the metagame from Charlotte. Uh looking at the the top sixteen from Charlotte, it seems like pretty varied. We've got three Spirits decks, three Wolf Run decks, two humans decks, two black aggro decks, two reanimator decks, uh one red deck, obviously, which one one I guess kind of more classic Delver list, one mono green and one uh tokens list. So like that's a lot of different different decks. Yeah, I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, um, no, I agree. I, I I think that the the format looks pretty nice right now. Um,
0: one one of the breakout cards from the Pro Tour. Did I just interrupt your train of thought? Did you not at all? Okay. Uh, one of the breakout cards from the Pro Tour was Huntmaster of the Fells. Right. And that was obviously in the, uh, in the Wolf Run or the Red Green aggro list that that uh, Kibler won with, and the the Channel Fireball team kind of. Most most of those guys played that list, um, but I kind of want to play it, and and this is kind of, I may have even said this on the podcast before, but I really just want to play it with blue spells. Uh, I know that sounds you know crazy, but uh, <laughs> I I really think he interacts a lot better. For anybody who was watching the coverage of Cincinnati, uh, Jacob Van Loonen and I were talking about this kind of a lot, um, because he wants to like that's kind of the deck that he's working on was like rug control. Um mm-hmm. and, and I really like that idea, which is basically the Huntmaster interacts very well with instance because he's the kind of card you want to flip back and forth. You know, most werewolves you want them to flip and you want them to stay that way, right? Like I just want this guy to, you know, stay in his powered up mode. Um, you know, wolf out and, and whatnot. But <laughs> <Wolf> uh, <laughs> yeah. So but but Huntmaster, it's great when he flips back because you get the wolf, you get the life gain. You want to be able to flip him back and forth. So something like uh, Snapcaster Mage can be two spells on his own. You know, like you, you have your Huntmaster flipped and you, uh, it's during your opponent's turn and you go Snapcaster Thought Scour. Uh, that's two spells. Huntmaster will flip back on the other turn and then you don't play anything on your turn. And then on their turn, your Huntmaster flips again. Hunt right. flips into Ravager the Fells, you kill something, you've got this, you know, guy, and I just really like the idea of playing uh, – you can call it Rug, but it's actually, I think, the list that I, – and I didn't come up with a, a actual list uh, yet, but it's more blue-red control, splash, and green for Huntmaster. And right. uh, I guess possibly Daybreak Ranger could, could work well in there because – you know, for the same reason if you're sitting there trying to flip – Werewolves, uh, you know, and playing most of your spells on your opponent's turns, then you know it's cool because you can leave up your mana, right? Just like a control deck wants to do, and if they don't play a spell, then and you you can decide whether you want the Huntmaster to flip back, right? You can decide to play something because you may have Snapcaster Thought Scour, or you know, Thought Scour is the one that I'm thinking of because it's a cheap uh, one mana instant. Um, that you can play on your opponent's turn, but I just feel like I want to play a deck that has four Huntmaster, four Snapcaster, and maybe a couple of Daybreak Rangers, and and that's it, and then just control the game from that. I just <clears> think it would be would be a lot of fun. Um,
1: I mean, I I don't know. I mean, as someone who runs multiple Whip Flares and Slag Storms in his deck, like mm-hmm. the Huntmaster doesn't scare me. It's like four mana gain two life yeah. to me. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't really scare me all that much. Um, I'm actually working on a really strange red deck right now. I mean, I've always just been messing with red, you know what I mean? But I'm trying to do something like totally different. Like at one point it was almost creatureless. It had four Chandra's Phoenix. That was it.
0: Yeah. I feel like you talked about this a little bit either last week or you and I talked about it. I I say last week, I mean last episode.
1: Right, right, right. I've been working on it. Um, I don't know what the creatures I've actually been considering wall of tangle cord, isn't that weird?
0: <laughs> it's not that weird. It's kinda of, kind of interesting. I mean, people were playing that a little bit uh you know, like last year, last summer.
1: It plays nice with Whip Flare and like well, I mean it even plays nice with Slagstorm because it doesn't die to that. Right. But like but I've also been running uh uh what's it Perilous Mirror.
0: <laughs> oh right, yeah.
1: As Perilous Mirror plays very well with Whip Flare because it does not die.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I I, uh, I like Perilous Mirror right now. I don't know. It's not seeing as much play as I expect. Uh, but I've heard several people mention it or seen people mentioning it on Twitter as, you know, why isn't this seeing more play?
1: Right. But, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So do you want to move on and talk about uh, the most recent GP, GP let's, Hoff?
0: Let's do that. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So there was a GP – uh, Grand Prix Lincoln, and uh, congratulations to Ethan Suppley for winning uh, GP Lincoln. Um, wait, what? Wait, who is that? Wait, I'm just looking at the picture. Is it? Oh, Bronson. Oh, that's. Oh, okay. Uh, so, congratulations. I guess you can change. I guess you can cut that or something. But congratulations to Bronson Magnin for winning uh, Grand Prix Lincoln. And um,
0: who, who is who? Did you say
1: Ethan Suppley is Randy from My Name Is Earl?
0: <laughs> I didn't know he played magic.
1: I've been waiting to say that this whole episode. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I kind of. Figured. I don't
1: know why. I don't know why. I just like saw this guy. I was like, "Dude, it's Ethan Suppley, bro." Like, I just was like, really wanted to say that so bad. <laughs> just leave it in. Leave it in. It's too funny. Um.
0: So uh, Bronson Magnon wins, Br- wins the Grand Prix.
1: Bronson Magnan wins the Grand Prix. Playing a, I haven't actually looked at his list, but uh, from what I read in that little blurb. This is very similar to a list that uh, Wes was working on for a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Grand Prix Lincoln, it was obviously in Lincoln, Nebraska, and it was apparently snowy and cold there. And so it got the hashtag GP Hoff. Uh, 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 you know, obviously a Star Wars reference there. And um, for those of you who don't know,
1: Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that reference.
0: I should have said it was a Star Trek reference. Star Trek. Star Trek.
1: My favorite shirt I've ever seen is it's a Star Wars shirt – or it's a Star Wars font shirt that mm-hmm. just says Star Trek on the front of it. <laughs> it's like the best thing I've ever seen. It's like nerd – like nerd rage. It's like the best thing ever. So like this deck is uh is nuts. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so well, it, kind of what's exciting about this. First, it's the first ever modern GP. True. Uh, he wins with Confidant Aggro Loam. Uh, so really it's a seismic assault deck that uses life from the loam to get a bunch of lands and discard them, do damage, and get the lands back with life from the loam and do damage. Basically that's that's the deck. That's the the engine of the deck. He's uh, got a lot of other things kind of going on there. Um, jab.
1: Yeah. Raven's crime. Exactly. Like a- like
0: retrace spells. So he can reuse a bunch of his uh, – a Bunch of his spells until he sets up seismic assault life from the loam for the win, so like that's awesome. One of the other creatures that's in here that's cool to see is Countryside Crusher, mm hmm. Uh, that was that was one that people were you know touting as the next Tarmogoyf back in morning tide, right? <laughs> like, right, uh, and it really hasn't you know, it seemed like a little bit of play here and there, but I, I think it's cool to see that it's actually in his, in his list. Um, and of course he's got four Goyf and then four Dark Confidant and that's, that's his list. So he's got some, you know, ground pounders and, uh, and then some card advantage just in the Dark Confidant and then just the crazy amount of card advantage that you get from Life from the Loam and Retrace spells. He's only got three copies of Seismic Assault and, uh, you know, so I, I guess – I would think being that that's the win condition, you'd want four copies. But, you know, maybe he, he just didn't feel like it was necessary. Uh, he can also obviously win just fine smashing in with, uh, with creatures. So right. That is really cool. There were, there were six archetypes in the top eight. So moderns pretty looking pretty diverse right now. Uh, there were two affinity lists, two Jund lists, and then a fairies list, a Tron list. Uh, you know this loam list or seismic assault list, however you want to call it, and then a birthing pod list. It was a Malira pod, which well, basically Malira combos great with with Kitchen Finks and something like uh, Viscera Seer. Yeah, so right, you you can sit there and and gain unlimited life with Kitchen Finks because you sacrifice it to Viscera Seer. it comes back, but it doesn't get a counter on it because Malira prevents. Uh, minus one, minus one counters from being placed on creatures. So there's infinite life. and uh, Or you could go with, hey, uh, infinite damage. That seems good too, considering you do want to win the game. Uh, and the, uh, infinite damage, you'd need the, the, what's it called? The murderous red cap. Mm-hmm. Um, murderous red cap, again, similar to Kitchen Finks, where it has the persist ability. But when it comes into play, it de- deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. So comes into play, deal you two. Uh, sacrifice it to the ear, It comes back. Doesn't get a counter on it because of Malira. Does two again, and there you go, infinite damage. So that's just awesome. And then of course it it runs birthing pod uh, as a way to tutor up any of these kind of creatures. These one ofs. He's got a lot of options in here. And this is uh, this is Andrew Cunio playing this list. Um, he's got Entomor Exarch, Eternal Witness, Harmonic Sliver, and he's got four Kitchen Finks. Three Malira. He's got a Linvala that he can grab. Micchaeus the Unhallowed. Uh, I'm sorry. That's Unhallowed, not Unhallowed.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was that was one of the lists. LSV made top eight playing Tron, and uh, he was hardcasting Emrakuls. And uh, oddly, though, I think a lot of the Tron players were playing Through the Breach, but LSV was not.
1: I actually thought Through the Breach was banned, uh, but that's for one just shows my limited knowledge of modern. And for two, I'm just, I'm pretty sure I'm getting that confused with blazing shoal because the blazing shoal decks were huge. were were taking off around the same time that through the breach was getting some play. Yeah. And I just remember selling both off right before the ban announcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I had a bunch of both. Right. And like, I was like, one of these is getting banned. And I just like sold them all. I got good money for them. Um, 'Cause the, through the breaches I think we're take we're taking we're like paying out like seven bucks each and the uh blazing trolls are paying out like nine bucks each or something nice. like that. Um but yeah so that's why I was confused on that.
0: Mary Jacobson, top eight, uh yes. with affinity.
1: Mary Jacobson is awesome. He
0: knows her aggro decks. I mean, I feel like every time I see her, she's either playing Zoo. She played werewolves in Cincinnati. I don't know if you saw that. Oh,
1: nice. No, I didn't. Uh,
0: She played werewolves on camera in the standard portion of Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, I think she just threw the list together, you know, just before the event. And, um, you know, she made some mistakes but still won the match. So um, it, it was pretty crazy, like, how overwhelming werewolves can be when it all kind of, you know goes the way it's supposed to. I guess that goes for any deck, but uh, it was, it was impressive to see and didn't, uh, you know, she didn't like top 16, I don't think, but it was cool to see that like on camera and win a match against what I think was, I think it was black, white tokens uh, that she played against. It's tough to remember, you know, long weekend watching a lot of magic, Uh, but it's cool to see her. Now she's playing affinity in, uh, in modern and makes top eight. Pretty awesome. Yep. Um so modern's looking pretty exciting, but I am a little uh you know, disheartened to not see any real control decks in the top eight. Uh you know, and it's just the top eight. You know, there there may be some control decks just outside of the top eight that I I don't have right here in front of me, but it's you know, I, I wanna see a format where control is viable as well. I don't
1: know, dude. What uh LSV's deck seems kind of controlling.
0: Yeah, I mean Tron. It's got the gifts. It's got the
1: you know the remands. You know, I mean, I don't know. It seems You're right. I mean, I, I, it's not a pure. It's more of a combo control kind of thing. You it's know, kind because
0: of a ramp combo control.
1: <laughs> right. Well, yeah. the combo is play lands. Yeah, Which <laughs> isn't like you know the best combo in the world. But that's basically what we're you know what it is. Right. I like that we've got fairies in here.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Despite not having Bitter Blossom, they're like, don't care. Yeah. Vendillion Click's still good.
0: Yeah, I, I love this. This is actually Mono Blue Fairies, too, which is cool. Like, uh, Yeah. You know, four Mistbind Clicks, four Cyan of Una, uh, two Spell Skite, two Spell Stutter Sprite. I'm sorry, four Spell Stutter Sprite, and three Vendillion Click. I mean, that's besides the Spell Skite, that's pretty much what fairies looked like in standard. Uh, and now, uh, you know, now in modern, just kind of like, oh, we'll throw them. Throw a couple of spell in there, and then you've got Cryptic Command, Mana Leak, which wasn't available when Fairies was in standard, four Remand, a Spell Pierce, four Spell Snare, and then three Vidalkin Shackles, which I love. Um, I like that he's playing Tectonic Edge, too. Uh, you know, it, it feels like when that card rotated out of standard, like people kind of forgot about it, and uh, I hadn't seen it in a ton of modern lists. And it's, you know, it's really, obviously, we remember how good how good is Tectonic Edge. So that's the first Grand Prix uh, with Modern as the format. So, uh, and again, Modern, Modern looks really, really fun. And I think, uh, I think it it's got some more room to grow, but I think things are going the way, the way they should. Now, that doesn't mean that I necessarily think nothing will change with the next band restricted announcement, which I guess is coming up. When? Uh, End of March, I think? Um, Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that makes sense because it's like every three months. So we had end of December, so now it's going to be end of March is the next band restricted list announcement. They may change something. They may unban something. They may leave it as is. I I kind of, at this point, I don't think I'd be surprised with uh, really anything because I know they're still sculpting the format. And I think that that's what, you know, them. They're gonna make. They're gonna look at it and then you know they're gonna basically make a couple changes, step back, take a look. What's just look like oh, I'm gonna change that a little bit. You know, like they're just gonna keep touching it and gonna put this back, take this off, that kind of thing. Like it's just they're still sculpting it. And I think a lot. I don't of know. It are, feels
1: it feels like it's finally starting to get into a groove where it's not. Yeah, yeah. Where no one deck is like really dominating now. Of course, we're just looking at the top eight here. I haven't really seen the. Uh, the, you know, breakdown of the, you know, of the format.
0: Well, it's interesting because Callblade, I know, has been doing pretty well recently, and not even one deck in the top eight was Callblade. Uh, you know, obviously there's no Stoneforge Mystic available and no Jace the Mind Sculptor, but, you know, people are still playing Swords and Squadron Hawks. Uh, colosso Fuentes, I think, won a PTQ with it uh, himself, and, you know, it, it just seems like... There are even more decks out there. I think it's a pretty diverse format, and yeah, you're right. I, again, I wouldn't be surprised that they do nothing either. Uh, one card that I know people were talking a little bit about, and of course people talk, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but uh, Cranial Plating is pretty pretty strong in these affinity lists, and people are now playing Steel Shaper's Gifts. Uh, Mary wasn't, but uh, the other affinity list did have Steel Shaper's Gift in there, which is essentially the other half of uh, Stoneforge Mystic. If, uh, if you think of Stone oh, right,
1: right, right, Squire right. plus Steel Shaper's Gift. It's like one, yeah, one white, yeah. Yeah,
0: and you grab an equipment, so...
1: Wow, those are f- sold out at $5 right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically just to fetch uh, cranial plating. Like, that's, right. that card is ridiculous. So, that, I, I don't know, though, because they've already kind of crippled Affinity somewhat with the, uh, the, the Artifact Lands being gone, but Affinity... Is still a list. They don't want it to, like, be completely gone, I don't think. I don't think they're trying to de- destroy Affinity. They're trying to make it more fair. And at this point, I think it's probably fine, but it is a card that I've, I've heard them talk about. So, uh, this weekend is Grand Prix Baltimore, and that is standard. And uh, you're going, right?
1: Yes, I'm not playing, however.
0: I guess you're going to be doing a lot of trading.
1: I, yeah, I got work to do. I uh,
0: I think I'm playing. I haven't really yeah. decided on a deck Um, I'm going to be there. It's just kind of... uh, Esper tokens. I I mean, that's definitely a contender. I'm I'm looking at... The decks I'm looking at is, uh, you know, Esper Spirits is probably the top contender. Blue Black Control, because I've been playing it for so long, and I think, uh, you know, I feel like I'm comfortable with it. Um, And uh, Rug Control, as I mentioned, because I want to play Huntmaster of the Fells. It just seems fun. Um, And I think, you know, maybe that'll... That could be good, uh, but again, I'm not, I haven't even built the deck yet, so I'm not sure. Um, I think it's probably between those, or Grixis, which you know is just kind of a branch off of the blue-black control kind of idea where it's not far off from that. It wouldn't be too far off from that list, and, uh, and it would still be kind of something I'm comfortable with because it's a control deck, but that's, uh, that's what I'm looking at to play. Um, I think Wolf Run is still a great choice. I think if I had all the cards for Mono Black Aggro, I might uh, might try playing something like that because it just would seem fun. I think my my intentions are to just play and, you know, have, have a great time. Uh, not necessarily... You know, I'm, I'm not picking a deck that I think... I'm not necessarily picking a deck on the merits of this is the best deck. Because if that were the case, it would probably be uh, Esper Spirits or Wolf Run. Um, I... I don't really want to play Wolf Run at all, and uh, Esper Spirits. I do want to play, but almost not just because it's good, but because it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like you know my kind of deck in a way at this point, where it's starting to look more and more like a fairies deck, which was was a lot of fun. Uh, You know, that's one of my favorite decks, uh, to the chagrin of Michael J. Flores. (laughs) Um, so what would you play this weekend if you were playing mono red? Something mono like, red, something crazy mono red. Yeah, I mean, mono red, it's uh, it's funny. I mean, we keep it keeps catching the format with everybody's pants down, you know, yeah. <laughs> like everybody's like, yeah, mono red's not mono red's not gonna show up this weekend. We'll see. Uh, yeah, it is.
1: The funniest thing is though, like, I haven't been too focused on any one format and and like, I like in terms of like tweaking decks or anything. I mean, obviously. I'm moving in a month, so I've been really focused solely on that.
0: Okay, so let's Um, let's talk about that. uh, Sure. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about it.
1: So I mean, I'm not really making an announcement because the podcast isn't changing. Nothing's really changing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, But I'm moving to Texas again, um, April second, and uh, I'm not going to be not playing magic. But the one interesting thing is that. My friends out in Texas are the most casual players I know. Last time I was in Texas was for um, the uh, SCG Open, and I kind of doubled that trip into, like, a little mini vacation because my dad's out there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. went to go see my friends and hang out, spent, like, a week and a half out in Texas, all told. Um, but one of the things I did while I was out in Texas was went and spent time with my friends who um, – you know, who play magic out there. We played some cards. I introduced them to commander,
0: right? Introduced them to commander and they're casual players.
1: Yes. They had never played commander. Um, well, they're casual players to the point where they don't pay attention to what's going on in magic. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and this was before the commander product had come out. Right. So, um, I just was talking to my friend, Travis out there, Travis Smith. Uh, and, um, he was sending me pictures of all of his altered commanders for all of his commander decks. Oh, wow. So they've gone off the deep end with commander now, which is great. I love it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, so apparently I'm going to be playing a lot of commander. Apparently Travis has the last three foils I need to foil out my commander deck. So I'm very happy to complete the quest in Texas. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's going to be just great. Um, They... I mean, they play like sixty-card decks, but they don't have, you know, they don't play formats. You know what I mean? Like they right. don't play standard or vintage or legacy or modern. They just play Magic, um, and like sometimes they're a little more themed. So, like, I mean, I'm still gonna be playing mono red when I move out there, yes. but I also could change it. Like the fact that like my meta game. I mean, I'm still gonna probably go to F and M's and and play, you know, competitively where I can.
0: Do you have a? Uh, do you know like of a local store that you're gonna be? Uh, Not off the top of my
1: head because – well, they live in Fort Worth and I'm going to be living in Denton, which is about an hour north. So like if I did go to tournaments, it wouldn't be with them. You know what I mean? So I'm going to – I'm probably going to wind up having two magic circles in Texas. You know what I mean? Right my casual friends down in Fort Worth and then whatever F and M crowd I managed to integrate into, you know?
0: Yeah, so any of you guys in the uh, the Denton area, let, let Big Head Joe know uh where to play.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um Give us
0: some comments on the uh on the podcast.
1: Another interesting thing about their uh play group is apparently I, I got a text from Travis saying, Oh, we have a new house rule because they have house rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, new house rule, um you have to include a copy of Ashnod's Coupon in your
0: deck. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> Wait a minute. Which one is Ashnod's Coupon? Like, what does that do?
1: Target player gets you target drink. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> <They> all
0: get <laughs> drink.
1: So, um, so yeah. So that's, uh, so that's one of the new house rules is that every deck must include an Ashnod's Coupon. And I was about to complain. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Screw it. That's great. I don't care. But, yeah, so, I I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Um, like, I mean, these last couple months, I know I've talked to Joey at least about it briefly. L- lately, turning 30 has, like, weighed on me heavier than I thought it would, to be honest. Like, I'm just kind of, like, evaluating my life. Like, what am I doing? I feel like I've stagnated the last year. You know, not to say that, like, I can't call my return to Baltimore a failure. Like, magic-wise, this has been the best couple years of my life. right. <laughs> You know, yeah, but like other aspects of my life, not going so well, and like I just need a big change in my life. Um, so I and also it would be nice to be closer to my dad because I miss my dad. You know,
0: that's cool. Yeah, uh,
1: so so I'm moving out there. I'm moving out there, April second. Um, I have a feeling that I have a feeling though that I won't be back in Baltimore anytime soon in terms of like permanently. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um. You know what I mean.
0: I mean, I I can uh, appreciate that kind of uh, you know idea. I guess so. I, as much as I don't want you to go, I can I can appreciate it, and obviously I want you to uh, do what you got to do.
1: We'll all be living in Seattle, working for Wizards in a couple years, anyway. That, so yeah, make- that,
0: that'll work. <laughs> so uh, cool. One of you guys that are in the uh, in the Fort Worth or. Denton area, you know, I, I know Texas is pretty tiny, so, you know, all you guys can just kind of get together. Just get
1: on the bus, just get on the mass transit and ride up. Uh, But anyway, uh, so for those of you who might want to help me move, um, I think we're going to put up a donations button on the, uh, on the website, at least temporarily, um I don't know when it'll go up but it'll be up until about March 31st like right around the end of March so that way you know Joey doesn't like have to like send me money <laughs> or
0: something <laughs> right because we're You're... using uh, we're using I guess my my PayPal yeah. account yeah.
1: we're using Joey's PayPal because my PayPal is dead for reasons I don't feel like getting into right now So yeah, so if you guys want to donate, uh, help me get to Texas, that would be really great. Um, you know, I work retail, um, and we're not going to turn this podcast into a telethon, I swear. Um, but like, you know, I work retail, I need all the money, I need all the help I can get getting out there. So anyone who wants to make a donation, um, to me, uh, that'd be cool. You know, we haven't really asked you guys for money other than like, you know, the shirts or whatever, right, to, you know, to, to buy play, something. Right, to buy something, um, and you know, um, if you email us your shipping address, I'm sure I'll send you. Anyone who donates, I'll send you something cool. So, uh, you know, anyone who wants to donate, uh, that'd be cool, and I'd appreciate it. And if you don't, uh, whatever, you know, this isn't a telethon. This is a podcast, so.
0: So, upcoming events this weekend, as we mentioned, Grand Prix Baltimore, which is standard. We will both be there, uh, in uh, whether or not we're playing in the event. Um, we will both be there both days, Saturday and Sunday, so that'll be awesome. Uh, and also this weekend, we have the Star City Games Open Series in Memphis, Tennessee, so if you're not in the uh, in the Baltimore area, can't make the Grand Prix, head over to memphis because obviously if you're not in the baltimore area area you're in the memphis area um or maybe uh, maybe in the area of grand prix madrid if you feel like playing limited you can go ahead and go there if that's you know that's what you want to do fly over to uh, spain so
1: and if you're going to memphis mm -hmm. um the was that a marriott there right across the across from the convention center i don't remember Where did we stay? We stayed at Marriott.
0: Remember? (laughs) I honestly. (laughs) Marriott, there's
1: a hotel right across from the convention center, and um, they have like pulled pork barbecue nachos.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The they're are, like food, relatively yeah. cheap for hotel food and they're huge. If you're in if you're hungry and you're in the Memphis, go try the pulled pork barbecue nachos at the Marriott.
0: Yeah, or whatever it is the hotel that's right across the street and it's actually connected through like yeah, it's connected, of, yeah.
1: yeah, it's connected to, to the, the, convention
0: the convention center. center. Yeah,
1: Like, so. I'm serious. I had those nachos twice and they were just so delicious every time. So, highly recommended. Try the nachos.
0: <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Uh, next weekend, March 3rd and 4th, Star City Games Open Series in Tampa, Grand Prix Seattle, which is limited, and Grand Prix Lille, which is standard over there in France. So, uh, we'll see like Raphael Levy playing that crazy, uh, reanimator list maybe over there so awesome. uh but yeah so that that's the next two weeks and uh i think that's everything
1: i think, think so too um i can't think of anything else oh uh, because we kind of skipped around a little bit on the events today i mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to give a special shout out uh to paul lynch for top eighting legacy in uh, charlotte
0: oh cool yeah and-
1: Enchantress, which we didn't even go over legacy at all. But no, we uh, didn't. Yeah. He finished 5th playing Enchantress. Nice work, Paul. Yeah. You'll next
0: time. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's everything. We are EOMTG taps.
1: Stop bitching, start brewing. We